mothers out there so this is going to be like our mother's day special for all the mothers out there and mother figures and those who play the role of a mother to the to to the children and not just yung biological mothers but also this is for the teachers out there because this will also be a good help for your classroom management as well so i'm very excited about this to talk about this because it is very important to raise happy children and happy kids it always starts at home let us stop blaming other kids and other people for how our children behave because it's very very evident that um, how they behave their behavior has something to do with our parenting with the discipline styles that we use because it manifests until they grow up until they mature they grow old until they they reach a certain uh, moment in their life it manifests the discipline styles that our parents have used and i'm not saying that uh the other uh discipline styles don't work because they definitely work they do no questions about that but just going to talk about uh, long-term effects of these discipline styles so um, to start with let me just be clear I want to be clear with everybody because the goal of this uh, of this episode is not to become perfect parents you know telling you all these is that's not our goal but or neither to raise perfect children but our goal is to be the kind i mean our goal is for our kids to be the kind of person that we want them to be and treat them as you would like to be treated and that is with respect right that's the ultimate goal so um first we will talk about the discipline styles okay so uh according to studies there are the the discipline styles are categorized into three main ways so first is the strict punishing so the strict punishing is very very popular and famous especially here in asia right like uh like you know how we we our i think most of our parents would right like if you would take time uh to think close your eyes and think of a time during your childhood when someone tried to motivate you to do well by trying to make you feel bad remember exactly what happened and try 
to get in touch with exactly how you felt about it. Try to be aware of what you have been uh, deciding for yourself and the other person. How did that make you feel? Did you feel motivated to do better? Was it a good feeling? Try to remember. Or uh, did you feel motivated or to, I mean, to cover up so you won't feel humiliated? Did you want to give up? Or did you did you became an approval junkie and gave a big part of yourself in order to please others, especially at this time? For the kids of this generation, with the social media out there and all platforms, we have different social media platforms like we have Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Twitter. Uh, those are the only social media platforms that I know. But I know that there are other platforms out there that the generations use right now. And um, actually, not just the generations right now. This also applies to to even grown-ups like us sometimes let us not deny that fact that sometimes it makes us feel better or it makes us feel good whenever we have hundreds of likes and hearts from our posts and sometimes we feel disappointed when we only get few likes about our posts and for the generation, for the kids right now, they are already becoming an approval junkie. Like they think that since their other their other friends are getting more likes and more hearts, they think and they feel like they are better than them. That there are a lot of people out there who are better than them just because they get so much likes and hearts and comments from these people and the sad part of it is that some kids even make up stories or try to post something that could catch the attention of the viewers or the netizens you know just to get approval so there are becoming approval junkies you have to remember that children don't develop positive characters based on the feelings of like if you're too controlling they become fearfully permissive so according to research the strict and punishing way of disciplining will result to the four R's so they call it the four R's of punishment first is resentment like you know when kids say this isn't fair I know I cannot trust the adults so they develop that resentment they start keeping secrets from you because they think 
that they can no longer trust the adults. Second, R, is revenge. They think that, okay, they're winning now, but I can get even. So they become vengeful. Third R, rebellion. They would think, Okay, I'll do the opposite to prove I don't have to do it their way. You know, when kids become so oppositional defiant, like they would just do the opposite. They would just do something that they would just do the opposite. <laughs> right? Rebellion. So they just want to prove you that, it, that they don't have to do it your way. And it's just part of what they can develop with a strict and punishing discipline style. The fourth R, retreat. So this is where they get sneaky. You know, they think that they won't get caught next time. Like, you caught us doing this now, but next time, I'll make sure that you, I will not be caught again. So, there's retreat there. And also, it reduced their self-esteem. And these are just one of the effects, according to studies, of that kind of discipline. Yes, it does. You will see an immediate result. Right? Like, uh, you give them punishment. And you, our, our thinking says, I have to stop this. This has to stop. This behavior has to stop. What you're doing, you have to stop it. So you punish them. And you get the immediate result. That's true. But let us not be fooled by the short-term results. We have to think of the long-term with that, they can be shy and sneaky and scared and resentful and dishonest, vengeful, you know? These are just one of those that they develop with this kind of discipline style. So that's strict and punishing. The second category or way of the discipline style is what we call the permissive and pampering so when parents are very permissive and pampering to their kids like they're very maluwak they give they give in to most of what their kids want and requests because they don't want any they don't want any uh argument anymore or fight with their kids especially you know if you're a busy parent busy mom busy dad your busy parents you just you just tend to be permissive and pampering at the same time so you're permissive and then you pamper them like you don't want them to you don't want them to experience hardships because the other parents like I said their uh, their reason is that they've already experienced that when they were young so they don't want their kids to experience that too but we do not know the root of that maybe 
it's because of the disciplined style that their parents have applied to them. Because if you are a permissive and pampering parent, you will just create weakness. Yes, you heard that right. You are creating weakness, weak children, because they will develop the belief that others should do everything for them. As young, I'm talking about as young as toddlers, you can start teaching them to be independent. You can start teaching them that they can actually do things on their own. Just but, but of course with with an adult supervision. You're not going to let them cook. You're not going to let them iron clothes. Developmentally appropriate tasks. Please search on that. You can actually give that to your kids. Because one of the greatest gifts that we could give our kids is to allow them to develop the belief that they are capable. The kids, your children, are capable of doing a lot of things. It can be hard or difficult and challenging at the start, but they will learn that. So, teaching them, training them to have a growth mindset, that's what's very important. And not a fixed mindset. To tell you, to give you just a of what a fixed mindset and a growth mindset is when we speak of a fixed mindset we say oh I cannot do this because it's it's hard to do this I can't do this I, I don't know I hate math I don't know how to solve this I don't understand this that's a fixed mindset and when we speak of a growth mindset our thinking is that it, this is the power of yet. You can't understand your math yet. You cannot do it yet. But if you constantly study, learn about it, then you will know how to do it. You will understand it. So you might not understand it yet, but you will. Because our brains are like muscles. We can train them. That is a growth mindset. The third one is the positive discipline. So this is what we are going to focus on. So we're not saying that the strict punishing and the permissive pampering do not um, work. They do work. But we are looking at the long-term results. The long-term results and something that could help them in the future. You know, we have to prepare them not for the school year, not for, for the next year or what. But we are preparing them 10 years, 15 years, 20 years from now. We are preparing our children for life. We have to make sure that when we are gone, if we are no longer in this world, 
we have to make sure that our kids can take care of themselves and they will be the person that we want them to be right so what is the purpose of positive discipline so a positive positive discipline is our main goal is to achieve long-term results to achieve long-term results that promote positive children who are cooperative what is what is discipline in the first place discipline came from uh, from the root word discipulus it means a follower it means a learner so in positive discipline our motivation comes from within so it's an internal motivation punishment and rewarding you know the reward and punishment style these are external motivators like you say okay if you get a high score then i'm going to give you i'm going to buy you something when i'm going to buy you a new ipad or a new iphone or whatever it is that they want so they are motivated by that thing that object that that is external motivation but if we try in positive discipline it doesn't include excessive control and permissiveness so an intrinsic motivation we're trying to teach them to be motivated for themselves they have to feel good and they have to feel proud about what they did and it's not because this is what my mom wants me to be this is because i'm doing this i'm doing my best because i know that my mom this is what my mom wants me to do it has to be i'm doing this i'm doing my best because this is what i want for myself because because i know that i will be proud of what i'm going to do in the process the process of how they've reached their goal so what is the difference what is the difference between i mean the difference of this positive discipline among the other discipline styles in positive discipline it's not humiliating for both children and adults you see that's very very uh, respectful to both parties it is based on mutual respect and cooperation kindness and firmness at the same time are very much present in positive discipline so you can be firm and kind at the same time the importance of connection before correction so we don't just say stop doing that we don't just say stop doing that don't do that don't do this so before we correct we try to connect first so there is an importance of connection before correction training them to think of solutions 
rather than punishing them for their mistakes. I would like to emphasize on this. We have to train our kids to think of solutions rather than just punishing them for their mistakes. So for example, they have spilled milk or all over the bed or the table for that matter. Instead of just punishing them for their mistakes, you have to talk about it. Like what happened? Why did the milk spill? What were you doing? What are you trying to do? And then what are we going to do with the spilled milk? Remember that it only takes few minutes for you to clean up that mess. Or maybe you could do it with your kids. It takes a lifetime to fix a broken spirit. Please remember that. Okay. Agreeing to your kids how to solve the problem versus dictating how to solve them. So let's go back to the spilled milk. We say, Sige, go get the go get the pamunas. Go get the mop. Wipe this. Put away the, the glass, put away whatever, and I don't want you to go near this table again or whatever. So you're dictating how to solve it. Versus, you try to agree with your kids how to solve the problem. Like, okay, there's a spilled milk. There's a spilled milk. What are we going to do with the spilled milk? Are we just going to let it dry? What are we going to do? So let them think. So they say, let me let me get a mop or or something to wipe the table. Okay, do that. And then you help mommy. Right? So still you're connecting with your kids. There's still kindness, but then there's firmness at the same time. When parents use excessive control, children depend on that external motivator. So what happens? It becomes the adult's responsibility to be constantly in charge with the child's behavior. Right? I hope everybody agrees. Because when parents use excessive control, that's what happens. The kids become dependent on an external motivator, that is you, and then you as adults, you're not teaching them to be responsible because you have to be constantly in charge with their behavior. And then what happens? What happens if the adult is not around? Big question is, are they going to be responsible? What's going to happen with their behavior? We are actually just training them to be irresponsible. system of reward and punishment this is very most popular being controlling yes you heard me right reward and punishment is one of the most popular of being controlling what happens is that adults need to catch their children being good so that they can give them rewards and when you catch them doing bad then you give them punishment so, who's being responsible here? It's definitely not the kids. Uh-uh. It's the adult. You 
you're the one who's being responsible because you have to you have to be you have to watch their behavior all the time like you couldn't leave them or whenever you leave them at home or you leave them with someone else's house you're like oh my gosh I'm not, you'd be worried that if your kids would be behaving well and then when you fetch them you go I don't know, did you behave well what did you do what what did you what did you do there did you do something bad did you do something that would embarrass me or something like that right there are parents who would who who would ask that and it should be like oh how was your day what did you do did you have fun what are the things that you did that makes you think that you had fun you know you talk so there's communication when we speak of communication it's not just words coming out of your mouth yes yes you can talk your kids could talk you could talk with each other but communication is understanding one another let them be heard you have to listen to them like listen to them why things happen and then talk about how you can solve it okay children they can be very willing to follow rules if they help establish it so try to try to discuss how to solve problems with them they will become effective decision makers if we do that and if they become effective decision makers a contributing member of the family and then the society make them feel that their words and whatever they think about something is also important in the family it doesn't mean that if they're children Whatever they say would not have any weight. You have to make them feel that. You have to make them feel that they're part of the family, that they could already try to solve problems with you. Of course, like money problems and all that is, is a different story, is a different picture. But I hope you are on the same page. I'm sorry. Okay. So this long-term effects of disciplining, we have to think. How do we know if we're giving them a long-term effect of disciplining? We have to think, is it, is it kind and, and firm at the same time? Are you being respectful and encouraging? We have to ask ourselves these things so that we could, we could try to evaluate ourselves as well. Are you trying to give your children a sense of belongingness and significance in your family? Are you trying to connect with them? See, remember the connection first before correction? Is your approach effective long-term? Does it teach valuable social life skills? Right? And does it promote good characters? Instead of us dictating how they have to act. Because punishment doesn't meet any of these criteria. Right? So, there is what we call praise versus encouragement. 
that sounds funny I know <laughs> like praise versus but you know when we when we use the word versus that means that the other one is different or not good uh, they're different <laughs> and praise and encouragement are like similar with each other right like isn't praising your kids good it make it makes us question like what is wrong about praising your kids aren't we supposed to be really praising our kids that's our uh, like it's very natural for us to praise our kids like they did something good they did something um they behaved well and aren't you supposed to be really praising them <laughs> so what is the, what is the difference let me give you some examples guys so you praise i'm, I'm sorry about my sniffles <laughs> so you praise by saying oh wow that's very nice of you that's good job this here you can here's your reward good job you're praising so how do you say it when you want to encourage you say you worked so hard i can see that you worked hard for that you must be proud of yourself that's encouragement making them feel and making them realize or making or acknowledging here it is guys acknowledging their effort praise okay let me just give you some more examples before we go straight to what the difference between praising and encouraging so you praise by saying ah oh, you're such a good boy that's praising how do you encourage oh thank you for helping that's encouragement praise you did it right that's praise so you're just recognizing the perfect product whatever it is that they've made and encouragement is oh so how do you feel about what you've worked on like they show you so you're actually recognizing the effort and the improvement okay more examples you praise by saying i like the way you did that you see it's very manipulative guys when you say I like the way you did that. Very manipulative. So we have to change it and make it a little bit, no, not a little bit. We have to make it respectful. So how do we say it? We say, you're really working hard on that. So you show respect. And you know, we don't let our children change for the for others. Like you say, they tell you, "Oh, they don't they don't want to be friends with me. They don't want. They don't want to play with me. What am I gonna do, mom? And then maybe you say, maybe you have to change your, change your attitude. So they're gonna change their attitude for for other people. I don't think so. They have to change for themselves. Remember the inner motivation. If they're gonna change, they have to change for themselves and not for anyone. We have to think of the long-term effect so that they won't be developing and they won't be growing up to be approval junkies. 
they probably develop low self-worth. And we want our kids to be self-reliant and confident. Remember the remember we want them to be to know and feel that they are capable and that they can be resilient through failure. So what so going back to what praise and encouragement their difference is that Praise addresses the doer, while encouragement addresses the deed or effort. See, there is a big difference between praising and encouragement. I know that it's very hard to do that. It's not really hard. It's challenging. But we can do it. We can train our brains to be encouraging rather than just praising let's try to ask instead of telling asking instead of telling this invites children to think and choose like going back to the spilled milk what would you tell them if they spill milk instead of telling them once again to like go get the 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 mop and blah 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 we and instead of yelling we could just say uh oh or oops what do you need to do about the spilled milk what are we gonna do so both of you are thinking of ways and solving problems together let's try to see their mistakes as opportunities for learning <laughs> right? Choose, I mean, use curiosity questions to help your kids explore the consequences of their choice. Curiosity questions, guys. Like, okay, uh, well, what are we gonna do? What can we do? You know? Like, here, some parents, they would say, some parents, some parents would want to say, I know you can handle this. If that's what you want to tell them, stop telling them. Bakit ko umiiyak? Bakla ka ba? Or stop crying. You're okay. Or for our foreign uh, listeners, you hear in the Philippines sometimes we say, "Why are you crying? Are you gay?" It's it's not going to help them. On bad behavior, I want to talk about this too. On bad behavior, uh, bad behaviors, these are their visible responses to an invisible experience. Like, first thing that we could, we would think is that we say, how do I make you stop doing what you're doing? Versus... What are you trying to tell me right now? Like, how does this child think, feel, or need? At the start of this podcast, I also shared that this could also be very helpful in the classroom management for the teachers. And how do you use this in your classroom with your kids, with your students? If they're, uh, like, in our school, what we do... What we train our teachers is that misbehaviors 
are actually a scream for what the child is capable of. You see, it's not the other way around. It's not like a cry of help. Sometimes it is, but it's more of looking at it as a scream of what they're capable of. Like, there are students in your class, I'm pretty sure, who loves doodling. Like, during discussions, their heads are always, always looking down at their notebooks or paper pads, whatever. Drawing a lot of things. And then you make them stop. You confiscate their pens. You confiscate their pads. And let them stop from doing that. That is... That is one smart, or use, I mean, the MA language, using the MA language, the multiple intelligences. That's one way of looking at them as someone who is very picture smart. Like maybe they could understand the lessons really well by illustrating. So instead of forcing them to stand in front of the class and recite, the whatever you want them to to say like public speaking why don't you and humiliate them and give them a very decrystallizing experience decrystallizing meaning giving them such a bad experience why don't you just use that misbehavior quote-unquote to assess and evaluate how they understood your lesson like so instead of making them stand in front of the class and making them recite something why don't you let those kids illustrate how they understood the topic right like summarizing a story that they have read instead of reciting in front someone who's misbehaving is that you could just let them illustrate it make a comic strip out of it for those who couldn't sit in their seats for five minutes and they need to really roam around the classroom they have so much excess energy in their body why don't you make them create a dance or a game about the story let them create storyboard or i mean uh what's this board game or make them create a game physical game or a dance about the the story those who hum and always tap their tables music smarts make them create music about it talkative make them yeah talk in front of the class as, as long as i want talk about the story so these misbehaviors are actually like a big signage telling you of what the kids are actually very really capable of See when children will listen, children will definitely listen to you after they feel that they're listened to. You've got to stop, just stop, and just listen. After they finished, you can ask them if they're also willing to hear you out. So if they're throwing tantrums or they're throwing, um, you know, throwing a fit at you, or whatever age your children might be in you also have to 
give them and make them feel that respect of okay I'm gonna listen to you now and I, I want to know how wide this thing happened then after that you have to ask them as well do you also want to listen to me do you also want to hear me out because if they don't it'll be useless and if they don't yet okay the power of yet you have to respect that and tell them okay whenever you're ready to listen i'll just be in the other room or i'll just be in the kitchen whatever wherever you are you can just come to me and hear me out so that you could also understand where i'm coming from see after sharing and then after sharing you guys can focus on a solution that works for the both of you but of course example is the best teacher like you want your kids to listen to you you also have to listen to them you want your kids to stop yelling you've got to stop yelling you have to stop showing them things that you don't want them to do or if you know if there would be a time that if there would be time that you really couldn't control it anymore you could create your own special time out area you want to scream you want to yell you want to make the bog or whatever you could go to your special time out area and you excuse yourself you don't have to walk out You just tell them, "Excuse me. Excuse me. I need to go to my special timeout area. I don't want to disrespect you or any one of you here. So I'm going to do this alone." So that makes them feel and that also teaches them that kind of respect that they just couldn't scream and yell at you anywhere at any time they want. They could also have a special timeout area and then you give them time to cool down. If you are in a public place and or in a party or whatever, you can't leave and you cannot leave the scene. Try counting 1 to 10 or try to take deep breaths. Also, it's very nice to apologize if you make mistakes for their kids. It's okay. <laughs> it's it's also teaching them that it's okay to to make mistakes that um you don't have to cover up anything you see there's respect there so to wrap this whole uh topic for this episode i'm going to give you six simple ways to practice positive discipline wrapping this all up based on what we have talked about earlier number 1 is to listen more then you talk. Number 2, check your emotions. Number 3, set limits. You know, with empathy. Number 4, let them be little. Let them be kids. Let them be whatever their age is on. <laughs> Number 5, try to use natural consequences. Like, okay, if you do this, that's your choice. Like if you don't want to you don't want to eat You don't want to eat lunch. It's okay, but you're going to starve later on. And if it's not time to eat, you cannot eat. You have to wait for the merienda time or the dinner time before you could eat. So yeah, you'll you'll starve. You'll get hungry later on if you don't eat now. 
So you try to give them and use natural consequences. Niyong. Are you not gonna eat? Okay. And I'm gonna I'm not gonna let you eat anything today. <laughs> no. And then the sixth, the last one is share the love. So I hope that if this episode helps parents mothers and teachers out there i hope that this episode is, uh could be very um i hope that we have learned a lot and once again uh our goal is not to we're not questioning your parenting styles and whatever discipline styles you are uh, applying with your kids but we are just giving you laying you laying down another um, discipline style that you could use to your kids the goal is not to become perfect parents or to raise perfect children our goal is to raise the kind of person that we want our children to be and treat them as you would like to be treated with respect and that starts at home yes and with this we will be raising happy kids more happy children and if our kids are happy moms are happy dads are happy everybody's happy then we are giving a dose of happiness to the rest of the world out there <laughs> so i enjoyed this episode and i cannot wait for our next episode happy happy mother's day to all the mothers out there uh god bless you all and this is once again nez Villar signing out Hello there and welcome once again to my podcast and I'd like to introduce to you a very, very special guest. She's my niece. Her name is Pia. Hello. So that's my niece and she's, how old are you sweetheart? Okay, that's my child. I'm sorry for the noise. How old are you? Ten. And how are you coping with the, with this pandemic? Oh, it's very boring <laughs> so what do you do when you get bored um i draw and i um just play some music on my phone okay so i'd like everybody to know that uh sometimes the parents are actually very worried when their kids are um when they ki- when their kids get bored but Actually, guys, it's very, very healthy for your children to get bored. You know why? Because it will uh, force them. It will make them think and unlock their other creativity. Because they are going to be thinking of whatever, whatever else to do at their house. So, for Pia here, she's turning 11 on the 29th. And, well, 
you would always hear them say they're bored, they they it's boring and all that. But it's actually very healthy for them to get bored because they get to think of ways and how they can entertain themselves, not through gadgets and TVs and not through whatever screen time that they have, but other things like using their other smarts, like drawing, listening to music, and with that they can actually tap their other smarts. So, what else do you do this quarantine? I also read books. What's your favorite book? Um, my favorite book. Hmm. I think it's. Actually, don't know. It's my favorite book. I love all my books. What is the recent book that you've read? Um, I think I recently read. I think one of. Huh. Okay, I don't know the name. <laughs> hmm. And you do TikTok. What else do you do? Oh, I make I make TikToks. Uh huh. And like dances and yeah. And what is it that you miss the most in school? My friends and my teachers. Uh huh. And okay, tell me more. Like. Whatever I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's all. What else do you want to talk about then? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, what else? Hmm. Hi, Pia. Do you want to join us? No, thank you. Joining us is another guest. Another special surprise guest. He's six years old, turning seven this September. He's my nephew, and his name is Pia. Woohoo! Say Hello. hi. Okay, tell hi. them about yourself. Come on. Anything. Go. I just play drums, stay in my room, and and my favorite animal is cheetah. Cheetah? Yep. Why is cheetah your favorite animal? Because it's the fastest and more faster than any animal. Really? Yes. Do you know that when cheetahs run, their head moves down? No, it doesn't oh, yeah. move. It's so stable. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah you, you have to. Okay, I'm going to show you later on after this podcast. We're going to search okay. about cheetahs and... I want you to look at how they run. Their neck, their <coughs> head is very stable when they run. That's oh. a trivia for your favorite animal, dude. Oh. Well. Well, what? What? That's all what I want to say. Okay, what else do you want to say, guys? Don't be so conscious of the mic. It's okay. Just say anything, anything under the sun. It's going to be fun. Because I forget most things. So, so this is PNPO and their brothers and sisters. So what do you love about your sister? What's your favorite? What, what? Well, I don't know. What do you love about your sister? She's cool. What makes her cool? Cause she always plays with me. Okay. How about you, Pia? He's super music inclined, and I love music. Hmm. And were there times that you guys fight? <coughs> yep. What do you fight about? We fight about stuff. Like what? Like. like huh. Like anything. Like the little stuff. <laughs> like in a day. I want you to be honest, okay? Like yeah, in you. a day. Yeah, like daughter, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like wait, in a day, how many times do you fight? Uh, 
like one, like one hundred or five. <laughs> one hundred. At least three. Then sometimes at the night time we get best friends. Oh, your best friends at night time. And sometimes um, we do. Only. And sometimes we do farting fights in the daytime. <laughs> Okay, well then, and do you consider your sister and your brother your favorite person in the world? Not really. Not really. <laughs> How about you? Mm, not really, too. Really? But you, I see you hugging her all the time. Mm, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Only if you not fight. Yeah, so in that 100 fights, what do you guys fight about? Like stuff, like toys. Sticks, spiders, what the? We don't fight about spiders, they're weird. <laughs> they're just weird, that's why. And do you engage the physical fight? No. He does. Who well, cries? He does. Who, yeah. who cries most of the time when you me, fight? Me, yes. me, me, me. And how does that make you feel when, Whoa. when, when she Shad. cries? Shad. And after a fight, after fighting, how do you guys? Like patch things up. In the nighttime, we forget. <laughs> oh. <Wait>. Really? <laughs> we say sorry. Okay. We don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and in the afternoon, the nighttime, we do for the fights. <laughs> I hope you guys can hear their whispers, but well, we get the point. So. Do you, do you wish of having another sibling or yes, you happy please. with the, just the both of you? Yes, another siblings. No, maybe that is fine already. Okay, we're gonna yeah, play a game. Yeah, should be fine. Again. Who is? I don't know. I, I haven't thought of anything, but you have to say the name of whoever has this characteristic. Okay, what's a cat? Who eats cat? more? Me. Yeah. <laughs> Who farts all the time? Me. Theo. <laughs> Who has a stinky fart? Me. Theo. <laughs> oh. Who's very messy? Me. Sometimes. <laughs> Me too. Sometimes. Okay, both of you are messy. Who? <coughs> who's very sensitive? Me. Theo. Who cries a lot? Theo. Who always gets scolded? Me. For no reason. For no reason? Why? I don't know. Because whenever Pia does something, I have to get all the blame. Sometimes. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that, Pia? But. Well, so what are you going to do? Are you happy sorry. that your Ate gets scolded? I say sorry, but she doesn't accept it. Oh, why is that? Because it already happened. Oh. And it takes him super long to say sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the longest sorry in the whole world. Okay. Someone has to remind them. So who gets hurt all the time? Me. Both. Okay. Who do you... Who's a... Who's likely to stay with their mom's room until they turn 20? Me. Pia. <laughs> okay. Because he's a mommy's boy. <laughs> really? Yep. Until, even if you already have a girlfriend at the age 20, you're still gonna sleep with your mom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And how about your dad? 
Okay, that's too bad. Oh, I'm not, actually, that's not too bad. That's good that you couldn't see what he's doing. He's making he's some. When I stress and he's and he's doing, he says like he turns around and goes in my face. Then he then he says, "Daddy, I'm gonna out of your room." <laughs> Woo! He's not trying to stink yet. Okay, who's likely to have his first boyfriend girlfriend? Me. Yeah. <laughs> wow! I'm really confident, huh? At what age are you going to have a girlfriend? Like 12 or 25. Oh my god! 12 or 25. And who do you have in mind? <laughs> is that true, mister? Yes, yes, yes. Really? Okay. At the Apple is now old right now. She's like, oh, she just turned 18, I think. She's turning 19, and you're how old right now? Six. So if you're 12 years old, at the Apple is how old? Wait, well, how old is she now? 19. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. You're, wait, I'm, I got lost. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. You're 13. She's 13 older than you are. So when you reach the age 12, you said that you're going to have a girlfriend. She'll be 18, 19, 20, 20. She'll be 31 years old. <laughs> Will you be fine with that to have a girlfriend at 31 years old? Around no. Okay. <laughs> so at the apple oh. will be out of the picture. Yep. Because she's but, gonna be old. But he, but he still has a crush on her. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about you, Missy? I don't have any crushes. It's gross. Good. You have a crush? Oh. With... Come on. Know. Okay. I sense fight, but yes. I like it. Come on. At the Jerry? No, I'm not gonna repeat that, but I understood that. But I I'm gonna transfer. Okay. I don't know who that. <laughs> All right. So, do you have any advice to if there are some kids or parents who are listening to us right now on advice on having a sibling? Hi, Tom. She's pee. She's pee. Okay. Uh -oh. oh, Pia. She said Pia. Okay, go. Fast advice. Come on. Uh, Come on. Uh, uh, My baby's gone. Uh, Tala likes to pee. <laughs> Tala likes to say poop and pee pee. <laughs> okay, you guys. Well, I. that's it. That's all for today's podcast because motherhood is calling. <laughs> My Judy as a mother is now calling. So we're going to end our podcast for today. Say goodbye, guys, and thank you for being my guest. Okay, bye. Okay, poopy bye from my tower. <laughs> goodbye now. This is Nazville Yar signing bye. off. <laughs>